you're listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's program is entitled Bread from Heaven. Hello my radio friends, I'm so glad you have tuned in today to hear more about God's Word, the Bible. If you listened to last week's program, you may remember what I shared with you about the secular idea that God is dead. Friedrich Nixke is not the only one who pronounced God as dead, but what is interesting is that all those who say such things have died or will die, while God, who is eternal, lives on. Today, I want us to have a break from theology, but at the same time, I want to share something with you that will bolster your faith. It's a story, and the story comes from the book The Seventh-day Ox by Bradley Booth published by the Review and Herald Publishing Association and first printed in 1957. The story is set in Russia during the time of the communist government. Sergei Petrovich was a minister of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. The government at that time had forbidden any religious meetings after dark although did not prevent daytime church or prayer meetings. The reason for that was because KGB agents would often infiltrate the daytime meetings and could identify those who attended the meetings. However, clandestine night meetings were held, and through a pre-organised system, the venue of those meetings would be kept secret until the very last moment. On one particular occasion, in the town of Kahul, a group of 14 ministers gathered together to choose a church president for the whole area of what was known as Moldovia. Sergei, through the secret grapevine, was given the address of the venue and under the cover of darkness and pretending to be going for an evening stroll left his home making his way toward the secret location. Such a thing could be dangerous as the KGB were always on the lookout and Sergei made sure he was not being followed especially as secret night meetings were against the law. The meeting was held and a new president was chosen. After the short meeting, dark shadows left that home and quickly disappeared into the night. Sergei was pleased that he had not been followed and gave thanks to God as he silently slipped into bed alongside his already sleeping wife, Lena. Sergei was glad that the KGB showed more favour to the Adventists than most other church groups, 
as the Adventists seem to be able to help in times of crisis, whereas the others did not offer much, much assistance. Later that night, Sergei was awakened from his sleep by a loud, persistent pounding on the front door of the home. Who could this be? Lena whispered. It's the secret police. Then Sergei opened the door, and then several burly policemen pushed their way inside. Behind the police was a sophisticated-looking man in a dark blue suit who announced, We've come to take you to headquarters. What have I done? Sergei asked. What am I being charged with? The sophisticated-looking man said, Conducting a legal meeting during nighttime hours and attempting to conceal it. Do you have proof of these charges? Sergei asked. The KGB needs no proof. We only need suspicion, so put on your clothes. We must get going. As they were leaving, Sergei kissed his wife, Lena, and said, It'll be all right, dear. Everything is in God's hands. God is good, Lena. Jesus has been watching over us since the day we were born. He won't abandon us now. Remember, all things work for good for those who love God. And then he was gone. At the KGB headquarters, Sergei was immediately interrogated by a chain-smoking KGB agent. Where did you hold your meeting? Who is the new president of your church organisation? What time did you hold your meeting? Who was at the meeting? Sergei answered politely, I can't give that information, gentlemen. It wouldn't be right. After three hours of interrogation and not getting the answers they were seeking, the KGB had Sergei flogged with a rubber hose. Strangely, Sergei never felt much pain. After the beating, they left him for a couple of hours. Sergei thought of others who were beaten for no just cause. Jesus, Paul, John Wesley, and others. Then... They took him back into the other room and offered him some black bread and coffee. Sergei ate the bread but refused the coffee. After the bread was eaten, Sergei was subjected to another round of interrogation. Relentlessly they shouted at him, jumped to their feet and screamed in his face. But Sergei wouldn't budge. He would not betray his church members. Frustrated at their lack of success, the KGB officials announced, You will be given the maximum penalty for criminals of your type. You are to be sent to the maximum security prison at Brycini. Two guards were assigned to accompany Sergei on the train to Brycini.
but they were quite lenient, and even allowed Sergei to get up and stretch his legs now and then. Other passengers on the train took an interest in Sergei. He was a pleasant man, although he was handcuffed. They asked him what he did, and he told them he was a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I am a servant of God. The government tried to force me to provide information about my fellow church leaders, but I refused to betray their trust. People listened intently while Sergei explained that Jesus came to this earth and although sinless, gave up his life to save those who put their trust in him. After a while, one of the guards shouted, Stop! Come with me! Sergei was disappointed that the opportunity to share the good news of salvation with the other passengers had come to an end and followed the guard to a baggage car. A second guard entered. Sergei sat on the cold metal floor. First guard left. The second guard, whose name was Mikhail, lit a cigarette and spoke. Hmm, so you're a preacher, are you? I used to go to Sunday Mass when I was a boy. My father was taken by the KGB. We never saw him again. I was only seven. My mother used to say, if it was worth living for, it was worth dying for. Mikhail shared his doubts about being, being part of the Red Army, and Sergei shared with him about God's love for him. After this discussion, Sergei prayed for Mikhail, and there, right in the baggage car, Mikhail gave his heart to Jesus. At Brycini Prison, the warden was a hard, cruel man. He had no time for religious people, and he announced that Sergei was to spend some time in solitary confinement. He would be given water, but no bread. You'll have plenty of time to spend with your God. And then he snorted and scoffed as he turned to go out of the cell. This business about God has got to go. There is no God, and you know it as well as I do. No, retorted Sergei. There is a God, and I must be faithful to him. His son Jesus died for me, and I can't turn my back on Jesus. And then Sergei added, My God can supply all my needs through his son Jesus. He can, and even if he doesn't, I will still remain faithful to him, so help me God. The warden sneered, Are you insane? You're a dead man. Starting right now, you will get no bread from me, only water. I swear I'll let you starve before I feed you again. If your God is so strong, 
Let him bring you bread himself. We'll see what your God does for you now. And so began Sergei's internment in prison. In the cell was a bed with a thin mattress, a blanket, a wooden chair and a chamber pot. High up above the bed was a small window with bars across. The sun went down, and Sergei prayed, O oh God of my fathers, I need you now more than ever. My faith is weak, but you are strong. Please help me to be faithful to you in this prison now. Sergei lay down on his bed and shivered. His stomach growled. He knew it was to be a long, hard night. We're going to have a little break, and I'll go on straight afterwards. wonder what Sergei thought where he was in prison in solitary confinement no food 
with an antagonistic warden. During the night, the first night he was in Bryceni Prison, he reminded himself of a text in the Bible that says, My God will supply your need, every need, through Jesus Christ. In the morning, even before Sergei had opened his eyes, he heard a strange scratching sound on the window ledge. Now the window was high up. Sergei stood on the bed, and although he couldn't see what was there, he reached up feeling to see what had made the scratching sound. To his surprise, there on the ledge was a piece of bread, dark Russian bread. Sergei couldn't believe his eyes. How did that bread get there? Had God answered his prayer already? Did some sympathetic guard put the bread there? Questions flooded his mind. But Sergei, although extremely hungry, thought it might be better to save the bread and show the warden when he came. Agonizingly, Sergei put the bread under his mattress. That evening, the same scratching sound was heard again, but there was no one or nothing to be seen. Again, Sergei stood on the bed and reached up, and there again was a fresh piece of black Russian bread. Whatever and however the bread came, Sergei spoke out loud, I, I don't believe it. Well, uh, actually I do believe it. Twice. This is too good to be true. Am I dreaming, Lord? You've blessed me twice, and I haven't tasted your blessings yet. Sergei, although extremely hungry, thought it would be better to save the bread to show the, more, uh, the warden when he came. Next morning, the scratching sound was heard again, and as before, there, on the window ledge, was a piece of fresh, black, Russian bread. Even hungrier than before, Sergei decided to keep the bread as evidence of God's care for him. He also decided that if the bread showed up again, he would keep it until he had saved six pieces, and only then would he eat any. Sergei thought about the warden. The warden was obviously a bitter, angry man. Why did the warden hate Christian pastors so much? Was the warden a sadist, taking delight in starving Sergei? The warden 
wanted to prove that God was dead. But he, Sergei, was determined to show that God was very much alive. He wanted the warden to know that God cared for this lonely Moldavian pastor to see to it that he got bread every day. At the end of the fifth day, Sergei had six pieces of bread saved up. Then he heard footsteps, and Sergei recognised the warden's voice as he approached. Now, Sergei could show the warden that God lives and provided six pieces of bread for him. He could demonstrate to the warden that God indeed provides for those who trust him. The warden stepped up to the little window in the cell door and peered through it, Sergei. Well, preacher, has your God supplied your every need? He sneered. I can't complain, Sergei bowed his head humbly. Can't complain? I bet you're hungry. Yes, sir, it's true. I am hungry. Then have you come to your senses and decided to end this foolishness about your God? Has he given you what you need most? <laughs> Food! Well, yes, he has, although I haven't eaten any of it. My God has supplied my needs, and I just wanted you to see it. You see, my God has supplied me with bread. At this, Sergei lifted the mattress of his bed and showed the warden six pieces of bread that he had saved. The warden was flabbergasted, opened the door and grabbed Sergei and shook him. Who did this? Where did the bread come from? Who brought you the bread? he shouted. I don't know, sir, Sergei replied. I only know I trusted the Lord, and he supplied my need. While this was going on, and while the warden was demanding to know who brought the bread, there was a scratching at the window. There was a shadow and Sergei squinted to see what made the shadow. Was it a raven? Was it a hand? Was it an angel? And then suddenly, to both men's surprise, there appeared on the window ledge a large black cat with a piece of bread in its mouth. The warden rolled his eyes and exclaimed, I don't believe it. I see it, but I don't believe it. This is impossible. I've never seen such a miracle, he confessed. Your God exists, and after this he will be my God too. Today you have shown me what I've refused to believe all these years. The warden bowed his head in shame.
Not only has your God sent you bread morning and evening these past few days, but he has sent it from me. You see, and he swallowed hard. This is my daughter's cat, and that bread in its mouth, it's it's my wife's bread from my own kitchen table. God had used a cat to carry out his purposes. And I ask you, how good is that? That's the end of the story. But I want to ask you this question before ending today. Is God dead? Well, not if you asked Sergei Petrovich, and not if you ask me. God bless you, my friends, as you place your trust in him. And until this, until next time, this is Len signing off and wishing you peace and faith and joy and trust in the God who loves you and me so very much.